Buongiorno, and welcome to the Global Podcast, where we keep you up to date on the latest trends and insights on diplomacy and international development. I'm your host, Jesu Antonio Baez, Director of Pax Tecum Global Consultancy, based here in London, which produces this series. In this podcast, I sit down with thought leaders, diplomats, and experts on the field, as well as provide analysis from our own team at Pax to talk more about the need for diplomacy in international development in order to foster political will around greater social impact and good. So grab your headphones and let's get on with the show. On today's episode of the Global Podcast, we're going to talk about sustainable development once again, an important aspect when considering diplomacy in international development. Of course, linked with sustainable development are the United Nations Sustainable Development Goals, or the SDGs, which were finalized back in 2015 that highlight 17 key goals for the world to achieve by 2030. These range from women's economic empowerment to economic growth and global health. In episode two of the Global Podcast, we spoke of Darcy Lunn about how countries can get on board for supporting these goals. But on today's episode, we're joined by Matt Luce, Senior Director at Sustainability here in London to discuss the opportunity for businesses in supporting the Sustainable Development Goals. Now, Matt is a seasoned sustainability professional and his work has spanned many sectors and a range of sustainability issues. He has lived and worked in both Canada and in the UK, and Matt's recent work has included a significant focus on sustainable food and indigenous rights. Matt is also a member of the Global Sustainability Forum for ACCA, the global accountancy body. And before joining sustainability, Matt was the owner and director of Canadian sustainability consultancy Stratos. He has also held sustainability positions for Ernest and Young and Johnson Matthew. Matt, welcome to the Global Podcast. Thank you very much, and thanks for having me. Oh, it's an absolute pleasure. And I'm keen to really bring this up because actually quite recently, this week, I was actually invited by DFID, which for our non-UK audience members, that is the UK's Department for International Development, uh, I was invited to provide basically advice and suggestions around how the UK government can engage or work more with uh, businesses to achieving the SDGs. And I was really surprised because there were other business leaders with me. Um, it was a bit mixed because you have many businesses that are really full-fledged and gung-ho when it comes to the SDGs and others seem a bit daunted by it and not sure really where to how to approach it what's the benefit and even one person actually told me straight to my face oh this seems more like a millennial push uh, now I'm, I'm I don't I disagree with him completely on that but I guess uh, I, the first key question I want to ask is how well informed are businesses in general about the SDGs and and how and how does one go about it? Mm, so so good question. So I, I think we have to put this in context because what what we're talking about with the Sustainable Development Goals is is a transformation unlike any that we've seen in the commercial world. And 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 just to there's a quote I love. 
uh, from a, a piece of work that Generation, in, uh, the Generation Foundation have, did in 2017 looking at the, the, the Sustainable Development Goals. And they said that the sustainability revolution appears to have the scale of the industrial revolution and the agricultural revolution and the speed of the information re revolution. Compared to these previous revolutions, the sustainability revolution is likely to be the most significant event in economic history. And, and, and if you really think hard about what the sustainable development goals will mean, they, they, they mean a fundamental transformation to the way that we live our lives today in every sector of the economy and in every part of the world. Literally, the high streets in the UK will look different. Be people will be healthier. Uh, we'll have different modes of transportation. Uh, we'll have different ways of communicating. And and we need to make that transformation at an incredible pace so that we, we, we stay within the planetary boundaries that, and, and uh, mitigate the urgent impacts for, for humans everywhere. Um, uh, so so I, I think it's unsurprising that the business finds that a really daunting agenda. It, 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 it is daunting. It, 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 it's really scary. Um, and, and at the same time, like all transformations in, in in the world, there's great opportunity that that comes with it, and and there's real potential for businesses to to uh, thrive, and 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 of course there are also potential for businesses to be losers through that journey. So so uh, the, the case that we make for for companies engaging with this agenda is is, is really one of op commercial opportunity. It's it's how can your business succeed in in uh, delivering these massive goals, and 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 we know that the opportunity is there because there's huge tailwinds behind delivering these. There's great mobilisation from governments, great mobilisation from civil society. Um, so so I think I think that's the big picture. Very scary agenda, and it's not surprising that business uh, businesses are, are are daunted and 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 have a different level of awareness as they as they approach it. I really like that comparison to the industrial revolution because and I haven't thought about it until you've mentioned it because we are really in this shift of mindset. You know, one is thinking more globally and thus one is thinking more about sustainability and with climate change and the ridiculous amount of plastic in the world and 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 how many practices and businesses are really harming more than good. Uh, we, we this is a revolution, really a revolution for change and 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 in regards to businesses really becoming committed to actually achieving it, um, what has been the uptake that you've seen? And how are business those who 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 see the benefit of the SDGs? How are they really engaging with it? Yeah. The, uh, so another good question. I, I I think generally uptake and progress towards the goals is slow and. Uh, at sustainability, we regularly uh, invite a, a community of, of sustainability professionals to provide their perspectives on um, the key sustainability topics and, and the roles of different sectors of the economy. Um, and this work we've we, we've done annually with uh, with our colleagues at the um, uh, at the research agency GlobeScan. And and uh, between December and January, we asked. Um, I think it was just under 500 sustainability experts, a very global set with, with perspectives from different sectors to provide their point of view on the progress we're making towards the goals. And, and 
the the answer is that the performance to date is very bad um and and this group of experts are, are overwhelmingly negative about what we've managed to achieve um and, and that goes across the goals um so so uh, businesses are certainly starting to get behind uh, uh the 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 stg framework but not at the pace or scale that we we need and and there's still remains to be a massive there's still a massive gap and still huge work to do uh, that's it's a bit interesting the fact that it actually hasn't been as positive as one envisioned uh, what has been the key reasons why it's been so slow in this case uh, is it perhaps miscommunication let's say between this UN guideline slash mandate and governments. I know from our experience, we try to really, when we conduct our work, we engage with governments and helping them understand the benefit that the SDGs can in regards to their greater uh, both economic and diplomatic health. But what have been what have been the real challenges for businesses really to to coming on board with it? So, uh, I think in some, I, so I think progress towards the goals is 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 mixed is a, is a, is another important thing to to think about so so it's not uniform across the goals we we asked um us the same group of experts what's most urgent and, and where are their organizations focused and, and climate change comes out as the most urgent uh area of attention by by a long distance followed by responsible consumption and production and and the majority of those uh, those stakeholders we talked to uh, describe that their their businesses are active uh, and their organisations are active in both those areas, um, which which makes sense I think from a from a commercial perspective because energy and climate change is so universal to the way that all businesses operate and, and responsible consumption production spans again across sectors and it talks about the material flows and the ways that we use materials and and uh, the, the the kinds of reliance that we make on different types of products and services there are some sdgs though that are particularly hard for for companies to to act on and th- and those are maybe things around quality education or um uh poverty or um, life under water, as it's called, the the, the goal that really targets the the um, quality of of our oceans and rivers, for example, and, and and that's in part, I think, because there there just isn't the same kind of market for businesses to to address those those issues. So, um, uh, and take our oceans, for example. There's there's um, it's very hard to to make a, a, a case for um, what the commercial drivers are for remediating plastics in the in the ocean, for example. Massive problem, hugely important. But it's not clear what sector of the economy is really really um, uh, c- can really motor to make that happen. And similarly for 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 in the area of poverty we're talking about working with some of the most vulnerable people in the world there and and uh it's it's hard for economic actors to engage with that agenda it's a very challenging way challenging um uh challenging skill set uh it 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 asks different types of questions for companies to engage in that agenda and i think and i think the kinds of commercial solutions that will will start emerging require not not only 
new types of um, products and services, for example, but new business models and perhaps even new types of commercial entities. So the way in which their own structure and they try and create value as an organization is going to be quite different from the, from from how it looks today. So uh, to, su- to sum up, I think progress across the goals is, a, is uneven. There are some goals which are much more suited to business response than others. Um, and in order to get at the most tricky of those those SDGs, I think we're going to really need to see significant innovation in the way that businesses think about creating value. Interesting as well, and it's bringing back to my mind again to the to discussions that were held with DFID, but also in regards to how we at PAX we engage with 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 governments on behalf of our clients who happen to be businesses who know very well um, that their product will lead to more greater sustainable development and social impact in the target country and whatnot. But uh, the the discussions were mainly around, of course, the, the, the SDGs being too much, basically. You know, there's 17 goals and under the 17 goals, I think they're about 240. I don't know how much exactly, but uh, sub goals that one needs to, to reach and there was a question regarding uh, prioritizing the goals and, and in regards to perhaps maybe, for, let's say from a country level, countries, instead of trying to achieve all 17, say, right, these are the key focus priorities that we're going to focus on and go with there. Whereas other countries, of course, uh, including the UK, are, are keen to really achieving all 17. What I'm bringing this question to you in this in the sense that would it be benefit maybe for businesses to look at the 17 goals and say, right, which are the top five that we should be focusing on? Would it be good to cut that way or are there any risks in doing such a such a step? Yeah, it, it, it's a really difficult thing to 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 think through as a, as, as a company, because there's certainly um, there's certainly need for progress against all of the goals. What we do recognize, though, is that different companies in different sectors bring very different capabilities and capacity to act and influence across the goals. And and just to take another example from the survey that we run, so we asked asked this community to give us advice on, well, what are the priority sustainable development goals in different sectors? And and, you, and and you'll find that it, it really zeroes in on where where different sectors have uh, capabilities and, and potential to create value. So for food and agriculture, uh, this community pointed at zero hunger, at responsible consumption and production, and life and land as the priorities. And that, that, that makes sense. Land is massively important for the production of food. As food companies... You have a role in, in making sure that people do go, don't go hungry. But if you push that across to, let's say, the extractive sector um, then or, or energy and utilities, then you, you start getting into questions of affordable and clean energy and climate action and the uh, areas around industry and innovation and infrastructure. So again, where does the energy sector or the extractive sector have greatest potential for, uh, for impact and influence? Uh, and where, where are the capabilities that that sector and those companies can bring to bear to, towards the goals? So I think there is a need to act broadly, but there really is a, a, signi- a significant opportunity to, to, to go, at, uh, go at goals in, in some scale and, and with, with huge ambition, depending on where, where a company's capabilities lie. 
Well, that weaves in beautifully then to the next question because it's predominantly it's going to be around the core of this of this episode and what in this case what are going to be the key opportunities and benefits for businesses because clearly you know while there is a whole you know for those of us who work who have worked within the NGO sector or in the government sector you know we understand the whole uh, social impact and uh, you know let's just do good kind of a uh, 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 spiel that we usually give but of course in a business sense one must think about right what are the what are, what is the return on investment what is the benefit to us xyz so putting on our business thinking caps on what are those key opportunities um, and benefits for businesses and why should the a company take the time energy and dedication to employ staff uh, and build a culture around the sustainable development goals for me, the signature work in this area has been completed by the Business and Sustainable Development Commission, which was uh, established to, to, to really try and provide a voice for business into the, the um, SDG process and, and, and look at the role of business in supporting the delivery. And, and they, they've done a piece of work that looks at the, the imperative for business, and they concluded that potential is for $12 trillion a year in revenue and savings by 2030. And I'll say that again because it's such a big number. They, they, they consider the commercial opportunity to be $12 trillion a year in revenue and savings. And, and they looked across a number of different uh, markets to, to see where that value falls. And, and so within energy and materials, for example, they see – $4.3 trillion a year opportunity. That's huge. It's a it, huge opportunity in that sense. Absolutely massive. And, and when you think about the, the kind of shift that we're looking at towards a low carbon future, for example, you start to imagine that there's going to be massive potential for uh, development of renewable infrastructure, of low carbon products, of electrification, of new uh, vehicle technologies, um, new manufacturing capabilities, uh, low carbon products and services in homes, uh, ho home infrastructure and insulation. Uh, the, the potential is so vast. Um, and, and I think the, the reason that companies are addressing this is not because they're committed to the, the SDGs, but as rational commercial actors, they see there's, there's huge a uh, huge business value in going after them. So um, uh, major oil and gas companies, uh, of course, may state a commitment and a, a, an ambition to uh, support the delivery of the goals. They're also moving at scale in these areas because they see that's where the future of their business is going to be. They're about, they, they need to be about uh, providing energy in a, in a low carbon environment that uh, allows us to uh, sustain our sustain our quality of living and, and sustain and improve our quality of living across the globe, but in a way that doesn't uh, doesn't impact future generations' capabilities to do that, and, and they're being pressured to to do that by their investors, by their customers by their employees so there's massive potential to move for, for companies to move and the, and, and the commercial pressures are there and growing and and it's the commercial pressures that will bring companies to to the SDG gender rather than an ethical desire to uh, to um, deliver on on the goals 
Precisely. And going on to that uh, commercial benefit, uh, uh, what about any case studies that you've seen in regards to a business really, uh, you know, embracing the gospel of the SDGs? Yes, of course, understanding the social impact it can have, but but of course, uh, having the the commercial gains that the achieve, and then deciding to really uh, invest and go forward. What is a good case study that shows that how this works? Yeah, so uh, our advice to companies in in approaching the goals is is to to think about the contribution that your business can make, and and of course there's a commercial angle to that, but there's also an outcome and impact angle. So if you if you look at the sustainable development goals and start thinking about well what's the context within which we're operating and what's the contribution that we can make as a business, um, and we're starting to see contribution-based or science-based targets set by many businesses, most most, um, uh, most certainly in the carbon space, but also in um, other domains like the health and wellness area. And, and to take one example, so we work with um, um, uh, Nestle, who, whose business is all about their purpose is to become the world's leading health, wellness, and nutrition company. And, and uh, their they set three headline targets to advance uh, their, their progress towards that, one of which is to improve the lives through nutrition of 100 million people. So they, they, they've, they've put a stake in the ground as to the scale of the contribution that they think they can make as a business. And they're doing that again because there's a, there's a need and, and, and great uh, responsibility as a large food company to do that. Uh, but also because that fits for their commercial strategy to be the world's leading health, nutrition, and wellness company. Um, so, so again, it's that it, it's those areas in which there's a an integration between the sustainable development goals and and the commercial realities of a business that there's great potential. Well, that's it's good to hear in regards to Nestle taking it on because when you see the really big fish let's say, in the pond, grabbing at that opportunity, it can, in a way, have a trickle-down effect and have others say, oh, well, that seems quite interesting, maybe I'll go on, you know, the big brother effect. Um, but in that case, what about for startups? You know, a great many startups uh, may be potentially daunted and find themselves to be that small fish in the pond saying, well, that's easy for Nestle to go about saying, we're going to make ourselves sustainable and we're going to adopt um, uh, practices that are in line with our values that are that are intertwined with social impact and whatnot. But how can startups then play a role and jump on the bandwagon when it comes to the SDGs, especially when there's uh, many of them are, are complete newborns uh, to the business field? Yeah, great, great question. And of course, the commercial realities for a startup are very different to a business the size of Nestle. Um, but what we're encouraged in seeing is, is that many, many startups are setting up in domains that uh, where they're looking to capitalize on the the opportunities emerging from the goals. And to take a uh, to take an example, we've been working with a startup scooter manufacturer, as in electric um, mo- motorbike manufacturer, um, and they call a business called UJet, and, and they're all about uh, providing a new type of mobility, and they, and they're doing that because they think they can. Um, deliver a, a a better customer experience than um, other other scooter manufacturers 
but also because they hope to be able to tempt consumers into this n new um, um, low pollution, uh, greener way of, of traveling that, that makes our cities more connected, more collaborative, reduces urban congestion, reduces air, uh, reduces air pollution, and ultimately can have quite an impact on climate change. So they're, they've set up their business fully in the hope that they can, uh, they can leverage the big trends around these to grow their business very quickly. Well, that at least some hope in regards to startups can can begin the process themselves. They don't have to wait until they're uh, multi-million pound corporations in order to do so. There's always a start, irrespective if you have one dollar or a thousand. And and I think that's really important. The potential for innovation, innovation in in smaller businesses, and the nimbleness with which we'll need to move to 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 scale discover and scale new solutions actually those capabilities are much more prevalent in a startup and an innovative business setting than perhaps amongst global multinationals so i think the the role of smes is going to be very important and and one to really track and encourage as we look to support progress towards the goals and as we look to support those progress or the goals, my final question then is, is it regarding to communicating to businesses about the SDGs? Because you know, you've highlighted that there's an opportunity, a massive opportunity, um, both socially and commercially for businesses to really get on board with it and, and support the SDGs. But for actors, whether it's government or entities such as sustainability or uh, Pax Tech and Global or even media, what are ways in which we as these actors who work within sustainable development, how can we communicate with businesses to say, uh, uh, trust me, this is for you. You want to do this beyond the, you know, beyond the monetary aspect, but the good aspect it can bring. How can we communicate better to really have them see that? Mm. I, th I think it's about weaving it into everything that we do. So it's about the conversations we have. It's about the the the, the kinds of work that we do. Really trying to integrate it into into the way that we think about it and and, and our clients think about it. Um, and it, it it's about highlighting practices where it works well and and. Uh, highlight and trying to amplify and scale um, the information that's out there for for companies to act on and and maybe as a as just a closing thought and plug from my side there's as a think tank we publish quite extensively in this area so if if, if, you, if you are from a business listening and looking to get resources on what the SDGs mean and what what kind of opportunities are there to progress then you can do worse than look at sustainability.com where you'll find a a great deal of information brilliant and we'll also include a link into the description of this episode so they can really empower themselves and really understand how how to really get involved because as you've mentioned earlier in the episode we are indeed uh, in a complete paradigm shift uh, and a revolution uh, where we were where the errors basically committed by the industrial age I guess are now on the verge of being uh, rectified uh, to have a more sustainable future and, and a better world, not just for us and our grandkids, but just in general. Well, Matt, it has been a pleasure having you. It has been really good food for thought. And thank you for joining the podcast. Yeah, it's been a real pleasure. Thanks again for inviting me and uh, have a good day.
That brings us to the end of this edition of the Global Podcast. I'm Jesu Antonio Baez, Director of Pax Tech and Global Consultancy, which produces this series. Please do check out our website at www.paxtechandglobal.org. That's P-A-X-T-E-C-U-M-G-L-O-B-A-L.org to discover more about our work. You can also follow this podcast and the work of PAX on both Twitter and LinkedIn. And if you like this podcast, please don't forget to rate, review, and of course subscribe on both Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Join us next week for another edition. And until next time, grazie e ci sentiamo presto. Ciao!